I dropped out of fashion school after I debuted my my first collection in New York Fashion Week, and after that, I was like, oh my god, I made it! I'm 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 so great! And so I I came back and I um I I manufactured like a small collection. I sold very few pieces, so I feel like that was one of like my biggest oopses, but also my biggest like l- learning experience. Like it was a very expensive lesson, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Instagram was just getting started. And, um, you know, I feel like maybe if I would have done it at a different time when I had a bigger following, when I had, you know, done a little more investing in marketing, um, it would have been different. But you live, you learn. And, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really regret it. Uh, but it definitely was one of those mistakes that I was like, oh, wow. And I was so bold to just say, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just mass produce. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblett, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast. I love this new year, and I'm excited because I have a new jacket that I bought <laughs> last month, and um, I'm getting lots of compliments here in Texas when when I wear it. Um, and I just thought it would be super fun to have Ilia De Leon on the podcast. Um, she is the um, the maker of the jacket that I purchased. Um, last last December and um, has a shop in Bishop Arts, Dallas. And it's not just an atelier, but they also have vintage items. And I think you have some new sale items too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really awesome women-owned shop. And I love small business. I think it's great to shop from boutiques. And I love whether it's here at home or traveling abroad, um, finding the actual artisans that are making the goods or um, – you know, or have some sort of influence in the craftsmanship of the items purchased. So it is so exciting to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, I thank you for your artisanship. And I remember everybody when I um, first saw this, uh, what color would you call it? Like a magenta? Yeah, it's like a metallic magenta pink. Yeah. Yeah, like leather jacket. It was at a market in Bishop Arts. And I was like, oh my God, that jacket looks so great. We chatted for a few. I was like, oh, I just need to think about it. I was really Mm -hmm. trying to hone my impulse (laughs) buying (laughs) and like keep it under check. And then I saw you the next month and I'm like, oh my God. It was was meant to be. It was for you. (laughs) Absolutely. So I thank you for it. (laughs) Well, you're so welcome. You're doing it just as you wear very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um. I, I know you've listened to some of the episodes and really what I like to dive into is like, what is the genesis, genesis of your story? How did you come mm-hmm. to be uh, in this line of business? What inspires you? Like what, what got you going in fashion? Well, well, I, uh, I, my mom was a seamstress for many years. So I guess you can kind of say I come from generations of dressmakers and women that sew and, and have been in, in that, you know, kind of field. So, um, 
I can remember being a little girl and going to pick up my mom with my dad and I'd be waiting in the car, I'd be sketching and just drawing. And I've always been super creative. And um, I, I think it was just always something that was part of me. And I've always wanted to, you know, be do something creative um, for a living. And, and I went for it and we're here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so whenever you were little, were you assisting your mom at some point or when did the, the needle kind of pass to you? Um, a little bit, not so much. Um, I didn't really get into actually like sewing and making things until I went, I went to fashion school. I was like, you know what? I think I really want to take this serious. Let's try it out. Before I went to uh, fashion school, I was freelance uh, hair and makeup artist. So I was on photo shoots. I was, you know, helping style shoots or I was doing makeup on shoots and the photographers, the photographers would ask me to kind of help and, you know, style a little bit here and there. And so that kind of inspired me to pursue fashion. And so I decided to go to school and that's when I started actually like, you know, getting behind the sewing machine, if you will. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, were there any, like when you're kind of making that decision to leave one career path that you chose to move into um, fashion design, uh, was it challenging at all for you or did it just feel organic? Um, it felt organic at the time I was young. So I wasn't really thinking like, oh, you know, you'll make money later. That that thought never really crossed my mind. It should have. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, my God, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, it just kind of it just kind of was organic and, and it, it, it felt really natural. And I just went for it. And. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. To be young and bold and exactly. I, <laughs> uh, I think it's that it's that fault. It's not false sense. I think I wish that we could embody it. And I'm trying to bring that back in some spheres mm -hmm. of life, but embody that um, brazen boldness of mm -hmm. confidence that it's going to work out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah blinders on why wouldn't it <laughs> right like of course it's gonna work <laughs> yeah. and, you know if we look at our lives like we really do manifest and and everything that's around us is a creation of our own mind oh, ab ab absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely i i full heartily believe in manifesting and also you know manifesting is great but you have to do the work you know you can't uh, just like wish for it you know <laughs> i know <laughs> how great would that be right <laughs> absolutely uh, but I do think that sometimes like synchronicities of life add up mm -hmm. and, like just this past weekend, a friend and I were at um, like a rave type of party mm -hmm. and we wanted the DJ so badly to um, like mix in some Dolly Parton uh -huh. and I'm like, let's just really think hard and wish for it. Maybe he will. And he didn't. But then the next morning I'm at my neighborhood coffee shop and this stranger starts chatting with me and he's like, Oh, I was just at a Taylor Swift rave. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And I told him the story about my friend and I trying to wish for the Dolly rave. And he's like, or not Dolly rave, the um, Dolly like mix in. Uh -huh. like, you won't believe this, but this upcoming week, there's a Dolly rave, like all, do all Dolly part in. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that's cool. So I didn't you do any work for that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in like your case, like to actually, understand first okay I want this I, I want to change my work I want to learn this skill set I just want to dive into this industry it does take work right one first making the decision then doing the coursework learning the, yeah. the industry right mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of trial and error along the way. <laughs> yeah. What were some of your, like your, your errors along the way? Oh my gosh. Um, I dropped out of fashion school after I debuted my, my first collection in New York Fashion Week. And after that, I was like, oh my God, I made it. I'm, I'm, I'm so great. And so I, I came back and I, um, I, I manufactured like a small collection. I sold very few pieces. So I feel like that was one of like my biggest oopses, but also my biggest like l- learning experience. Like it was a very expensive lesson, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Instagram was just getting started. And, um, you know, I feel like maybe if I would have done it at a different time when I had a bigger following, when I had, you know, done a little more investing in marketing, um, it would have been different. But you live, you learn. And, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really regret it. Uh, but it definitely was one of those mistakes that I was like, oh, wow. And I was so bold to just say, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just mass produce. And I it wasn't like a crazy big amount. It was still, uh, everything was manufactured in the U.S., which I, I love that. That's kind of one of my things that I still want to maintain in the future when I manufacture and produce again. But, um, um, you know, I, I dip my toes in, in that pool. And now I feel like I have experience with that. And in the future, when I'm ready to go that route again, I, you know, I know, I know where to start. <laughs> That's so. fascinating to me. I know nothing about the industry other than purchasing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what is it like when like you're designing a collection and then you want to go into mass production? What is it look like? Oh gosh. It's first of all, it's so expensive. It's, it's so detailed. There's so many layers to fashion. I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, you have your big houses and you have your, you know, small brands, you have your, you know, regular like people that design stuff just for wholesaling that you buy in boutiques and then you have like you know your big stores and there's just so 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 many layers so like let's say I wanted to you know do a collection um you know I would start with the sketches I would you know start with uh patterning and then from there we would go into sampling and then from sampling we would go into that's when we would go into production but then there's in between that there's fabric sourcing there's sizing there's getting the 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 pattern right and then once you have everything done you go into production but then you also have to think about like who's going to buy it where's it going to sell are they going to buy it is there a demand for it so that's kind of one of the reasons why i don't really i'm not really doing that because i want to build my brand and position it to where there's a demand for it first before um before i take that big step because it is so expensive i mean you'll 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 be in tens of thousands of dollars before you even go into production that's just like sampling and doing all of that so mm-hmm. um but yeah it's 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 an onion there's so many layers <laughs> oh i feel like that's so true in almost any industry right the mm-hmm. more you dive in the more you know that there is to mm-hmm. um and so many nuances yes <laughs> um, this is a silly question but i just have to know why are sizings for every brand seemingly so different? Like, why is there not a universal standard? I know. I don't know. Um, and if we get into the vintage sizing, it is like, whoa, like so <laughs> small. Um, I want to say maybe possibly because a lot of stuff is made in, in overseas and people are just smaller over there. And you have your standard, uh, like, sample size model. You have, like, your fit model, they call. And 
think about like if you're if you have a fit model in China, chances are she's not going to be an American body. So I think that's why sometimes you know they might say fit model, but like make it a little bit bigger because Americans are a little bit bigger and they just never get the fits right because that's just how it is and it's just all also depending on the brand and the company and all of that. So I don't trust sizing. I have trust issues with labels. <laughs> I definitely do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so horrendous, but um, interesting. Well, that leads me to like your shop and um, you have, how long have you had it? In um, Yeah. So we're going into our second year. Wow. We're going into our second year. I, I can't even believe I'm, I'm saying that. I can't even believe I have a shop, first of all, because pre-pandemic, I was just a waitress with a dollar a dream and a sewing machine. And this idea that, you know, I wanted to own a boutique in the Bishop Arts. And in fact, I, um, I, I drew it in one of my sketchbooks. Welcome. Oh, was that okay? It's okay. We'll, we'll edit that. I'm sorry. I don't okay. know no, no worries. Um, <laughs> um, can you start over with... Um, uh, talking about your sketchbook. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, in fact, I, uh, you know, I, I, I always wanted a, a boutique in the Bishop Arts. It was just an idea I had in my head, and I manifested it. I uh, would sketch in my sketchbook, you know, what I wanted my little store to look like. And, you know, at the time, I was doing a lot of leather work. So it was vintage and leather, Elia de Leon vintage and leather. And I sketched it, and I, can I cut? I should you not. <laughs> I should you not. The door that I sketch, I'll have to show you the sketch. Like it, it'll give you chills. The door that I sketch is literally the same door that I have. It's like a clear, like a regular, well, like a store door. It has like a window in the middle, you know. And it's it's my door. It's where I am. And I, you know, I, it's I can't even believe that I'm here. It took a lot of work. It's not easy. Um, when I first got, you know, my um. My keys, and when I first signed my lease, I was like, "Yes, I made it. This is great. I don't have to be a waitress anymore. This is gonna be awesome. We're gonna, you know, do so well financially." And no, I mean, we're doing okay, but it's not like it's it's almost like I for me it felt like this is this is it. Like I made it because I've been freelancing for 10, 12 years, waitressing, you know, doing this on the side, selling on Shopify, doing pop-ups and things. So I thought that this is the answer to all my problems. And it's not, it's almost, it's literally the beginning of something new and it's, it's great. I love it. It's exciting. It's different every day. Um, we're, we're doing great for a young business and I have to keep that in mind. You're a young business just because you've been doing this for 10 years doesn't mean that, you know, this, you know, this is going to be great. You just have to work harder now. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I applaud you in taking that step and thank you. <laughs> sounds amazing. And it's not the first time I've heard this. It's unique to you, but there was a woman, um, I interviewed like th over three years ago. Um, she's amazing. She's in Puerto Rico and she, it was almost a, a very similar situation. Like, colorful walls here it is da, 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 da. when i interviewed her she had it um posted up in her and mm -hmm. i oh, love and i'm manifesting this is the building mm -hmm. um, i love that i just think it, it just shows there's so much connection in doing the things that set your soul on fire and mm -hmm. and taking the steps to actually get there mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what were the steps mm -hmm. for you and, and why why did you make the decision when you did to open up your atelier yeah. Um, so the pandemic, I, I want to say the pandemic was 
a bad time for some people. It was it was like a double-edged sword for me. I, you know, couldn't work because I was in the restaurant industry, so everything was shut down. So I had time to be home. And um, at the time, I was only really doing leather work, but I also knew how to sew and do all these things. And right before the pandemic, I started working at, um, I started freelancing at the Dallas Market Hall. And uh, I got hired to do this huge project, which was turn um, lots of yards of fabric that they had left over from a fashion show that they draped from like the third or fourth floor onto the runway. So they had all this floral fabric left over and they wanted to kind of focus on sustainability for their next like market. And so they were like, hey, can you make something out of these, uh, out of all of this uh, fabric? They wanted me to make these lab coats. Uh, in fashion houses, they wear these like white lab coats. Mm -hmm. um, and so they had, they had their fashion team wear those around the market. The market, if you don't know what the market hall is or the, uh, uh, the uh, the Dallas World Trade Center is where like all the wholesalers are and so they had like the fashion team like wear these white lab coats so they thought like let's make let's use that leftover fabric to make 50 lab coats and we'll give them to the buyers when they come in and so um, they were like can you make 50 and I my mom you know she was like you better take that job I'll help you and I was like okay well let's do this so we whipped out 50 lab coats and then they were going to do like this, you know, reveal fashion show type thing. And then the pandemic hit. So mm -hmm. I wasn't able to, I mean, I still got paid and, and you know, which was great. But um, I didn't, I felt like I didn't get my moment to like, you know, yeah, we made these blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And then the pandemic hit. And so I'm just at home, you know, I'm sewing, I'm, I'm doing more things. And I thought to myself, I was like, why am I only focused on, uh, working with leather if I can do all this like if I can if I just made 50 lab coats for you know for someone else I can make 50 dresses 20 dresses whatever so I started my my wheel started turning and I was like you know what you can you can do it all why not why not just why am I just so niched on leather work like let's just do it all so then I just decided to kind of use all my skills and why not and so um I found a space because I uh, was in talks with uh, another store that I was going to come in and kind of do alterations for them. And so uh, at the time, there was a, a space for lease uh, right next to them. And I looked at it and I brought my mom and she was like, I don't like it. Let's look for something else. And so we went down the Bishop Arts because that's really where I wanted to be. This other spot was like off of Tyler, not too far from, you know, still in Oak Cliff, but um I saw the spot. I wasn't sure if they were coming or going. I called. They were like, yes, it's available. Um, you can come look at it. And I did. And they were like, okay, it's yours. Give us the money and your business card. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was in. Yes. Yes. They, they, I feel like they believed in me because it was really easy mm -hmm. to, to get in. <laughs> it sounds like it was just meant to it, be. It felt very, yeah, it felt very like it, this is for you and, and we're here and not easy, but um, I'm happy, um, you know, um, not paying, I'm underpaid and overworked, but, <laughs> but it's just a, a sacrifice that I feel like, you know, you kind of have to make those sacrifices in the beginning and, you know, I'm planting my seeds and watering my garden and soon the flowers will bloom and I'll get to enjoy it. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. And I believe you without a doubt. That is. Um, 
I think one of the cool things that you do is um, you upcycle. Uh-huh. Pieces, right? So can you describe yeah. some of the pieces you've done recently? Yeah. So we, the Harley Davidson corsets are probably one of our most popular items. Um, we just take vintage Harley tees and we turn, turn them into corsets. We're working with a lot of suiting right now. There's a lot of suiting out, you know, in thrift stores that some, you know, like blazers and skirt sets that we kind of modernize a bit. And um, yeah, we've actually been doing that for, well, I've been doing that for a long time. That that was actually one of my, um, I had like a little side brand. It was called Rebirth, Reduce, Reuse, Rebirth. And I've been kind of upcycling things forever. I know it's super trendy right now, but um, in 2009, that was something I was already kind of playing around with. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I saw recently on your Instagram, you took a skirt. Mm-hmm. And like a, a knee length or maybe longer skirt. And you turned it into, I think, like more of like a mini yeah and um is it a corset or what what was the top yeah it was like a little corset top yeah it was a long skirt um you know I I I hemmed it I had enough material to make the cute little top and now you have this cute little modern set you know (laughs) so cute I love it very much thank you thank you (laughs) well what are some of the things that you're doing for I guess for yourself to maintain sanity sense of self do you have any like rituals that you work through um I, I, not really. Um, I, well, I like to clean my house and get organized like Mondays or it's like my day. Like if I, if I don't get organized, if I don't clean, do laundry, set myself up for the week, then I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of give myself grace. And if I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it. Then I'll just lay in bed, you know, until noon or one. And then, and then I'll get up and walk the dog or get a little workout in. And, but, um, I, I'm trying to be graceful with myself because the first year was just go, 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 go. And I burnt out. But now um, the shop is closed Monday, Tuesday. The first year was just closed Monday. But um, Bishop Arts is kind of sleepy during the week, Monday, Tuesday, a lot of shops are closed. So I follow suit. Um, um, And really, that's really about it. I just kind of day by day I listen to my body if I feel like I need rest I need rest if I feel like I need to exercise to kind of you know get in a better mood than I will it's just you know facials and doing my hair and things like that <laughs> watching tv but yeah, yeah it's interesting so I feel like so many of us don't listen to our body so how do you like is that just innate for you what's up is that just innate for you to yeah I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's like my body will tell me like, girl, you need to just, if I, if I feel like I don't want to get up, then I don't get up. Then I'm sleeping in, you know? And I try not to feel guilty because at first the guilt, oh, the guilt, the guilt of like, oh my God, there's a million things to do. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, you only got one thing done and it's okay. I, I don't beat myself up anymore because I'm pretty much a one man show. Well, me and my mom, she helps, you know, she's head of alterations at the show. Um, everything else like store operations and you know and managing the website updating the website all of that I mean I I wear so many hats and you know sometimes I need a day off from wearing no hats (laughs) (laughs) I understand absolutely yeah I can can get overwhelming and uh, if you didn't take days off then it would Mm -hmm. be definitely yeah yeah So why did you want to be in Bishop Arts rather than somewhere else in Dallas? Um, it's just such a cute 
little spot. Um, I thought about Deep Ellum also, but Deep Ellum is kind of, the, there's too much nightlife and there's, um, I don't know, it's just not, I feel mm. like the people that would go there would just be more people wanting to drink and party versus shoppers and buyers. Um, it's just such a cute little neighborhood and, and it's just, it's, I've, I've, I've always been super drawn to it and also being from Dallas and uh, Bishop Arts being a neighborhood that's you know, changing so much. And I just thought that it just would be a perfect place for, um, for, for a store like ours. And, um, and so far it's been great. Everyone's so welcoming. And uh, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs also that, that inspire me so much. And I just love being there. Mm, that makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. And that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons I wanted to move to this neighborhood mm -hmm. where I live now. Um, mm -hmm. because I wanted to be around people who, kind of the masters of their craft or like mm -hmm. the dreamers who are actually doing their dream and making it happen mm -hmm. by putting up these um kind of boutique storefronts mm -hmm. they're just, they have personality right yeah. i don't like stores things like that all too much charm. Mm -hmm. yeah charm is the perfect word it's very charming mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah well um when you kind of look forward into your future, um, what are you hoping happens as far as like your design and uh, with your business? Yeah. Um, um, well, right now I'm taking it day by day. I'm, uh, the first five, three to five years of a business are the hardest. So I, I have so many ideas and so many hopes, but I, you know, right now for the next five years, I, I would like to focus on the shop so it can do well. And, you know, um, and um yeah but future like let's say 10 years from now i would like to uh, go into mass production be in stores be in nordstrom's mm -hmm. things like that keep it uh manufactured in the u.s um you know uh yeah <laughs> i love that and why do you want to keep it man manufacturing in the states um i feel like it's it's important to me because um, hold on, let me think. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just want to bring back some of those jobs to the U.S. And, um, you know, everything's made in China now. And well, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I don't know. I just always have taken pride into, you know, made in the U.S. The USA made products. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, I will tell you. Sometimes they can mm -hmm. really annoyed and I don't know what this is saying about me, but I will buy um, pieces that are relatively expensive. Mm -hmm. I look at the tag and they feel nice. Like they feel like they're mm -hmm. good quality. Um, but then I look at the tag and it says like made in China. Mm -hmm. or in China. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like, I know a little bit about uh, <laughs> the working conditions and things like mm -hmm. that. I saw with uh, that brand Shein, Shine, Shine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be pretty bad for some people. And I just wonder like, why are we spending so much money? Why am I spending so much money on this piece that was manufactured yeah. over there? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, and when I can, many times I've found pieces here made in the States that are mm -hmm. equal price or less. Yeah. And great quality. I yeah. Don't yeah. It's, I mean, I, so I actually did a collaboration with, with Shein not too long ago. They have a program where they invite designers to, produce a, a, a design a collection and they manufacture it I got you know, a little bit of royalties not much but um 
I had a hard time with it first because I was like, well, it's not sustainable. That's one of the things that I want to focus on. That's another reason why I want to keep it made in the U.S. sustainability and quality control. Um, but I went ahead and did it. And, you know, it was it was good. Some of the pieces there. It's cute. It was it was a good experience. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But um, mm -hmm. I decided to do it because I wanted to I wanted it to kind of open up other opportunities. And I wouldn't mind collaborating with other big brands, you know, but we got to do a little more branding first. Sure. So <laughs> how, that. Does, how does that work when you like to match with them? They reached out to me, actually. Oh, they reached out to me. Yeah, they reached out to me. And so far, they've collaborated with over 2,500 designers all over the world. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, and how many pieces did they want you to create? Um, I created 11 pieces, I believe. And it was it was a long process. It was... Um, they reached out last December and then by like March or April, I had to have in all, all my sketches and all my, my, my tech packs in for detailing. And then they started sending me samples and I really couldn't change anything about it. That was the only thing. And, you know, and there were certain fabrics that were like, no, you can't pick that fabric or X, Y, Z. So it was, um, you know, it was, it was a little bit challenging, but that's, that's how it is when you, going to production and also you know she and everything is cheap so they're mm -hmm. like no you can't use that that's too expensive or whatever but um but it was a good experience overall I I mean I would do it again and if, you know there's designers out there they can actually reach out and apply to you know to collab with them so yeah it was fun uh, <laughs> I've always wondered I'm like it because there's like pretty little thing sheen uh she mm -hmm. and um I don't know like you name Boo -hoo. it. Yeah, there's a lot of everything. Designing all of these clothes because the, and they've just it's like endless amounts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, that's interesting. They don't just have like an in-house team. They uh, they do. They they definitely have in-house team. So does Shein. Shein is just doing this like on the side. Like they're oh. yeah, they're I mean they're a huge conglomerate. I mean they're whipping out designs, different designs every day. You know that's just the way fast fashion is. People. You know, people get bored. You can buy a piece for sixteen, seventeen dollars. Like, you know, it's it's a problem, yes. Um, but I know just being in the space that I am, and especially because, you know, I I do a lot of vintage and I do want to keep it sustainable, I've noticed a lot of um like shaming on people that buy fast fashion. Mm -hmm. And I I hate seeing that. I hate seeing that because it's really not the consumer's fault, you know. And it's like fast fashion has created this like I, I don't even I don't know if I want to call it an ecosystem but like think about the people that are making the things this is their livelihood mm -hmm. are they are they treated fairly probably not but that's how they make a living a lot of them that's what they live off of they you know they uh that's what they depend on these jobs it's unfortunate so don't blame the consumer blame the con conglomerate you know don't be upset if someone wants to go by something from she and maybe that's all they can afford or maybe they don't have the eye to go to a thrift store and find a piece you know it's sustainability looks different for for everyone and I hate to see people bashing people for buying fast fashion or buying whatever they can afford or whatever they're comfortable with so yeah, so, yeah. beautiful beautiful perspective I've never heard heard anyone mm -hmm. say that before mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes yeah I mean one just talking about the livelihood of people and yeah yeah, so it's such a compassionate way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I definitely want to. That's another reason I want to make it and make it made in the U.S. again. Is because I 
want to be able to give people a trade or, you know, give them uh, a livelihood, you know, um, you know, why not? I think, I think if I can teach someone or if I can one day have my own factory and pay people well and treat them well, then I, that's overall like my, my biggest goal. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Yeah. So um, where do you think you develop that outlook? Um, I don't know. I think maybe because uh, we're immigrants because, you know, I, my parents, well, I was born in Mexico, came here when I was really young. And um, even though my parents weren't, didn't have really have an entrepreneurial spirit and they just kind of played it safe. I want more. I want so much more. And we didn't, we didn't get this far to get this far. So I, I just, I want to do something good, great with my life. I want to make a difference maybe in someone's life and maybe inspire someone or, you know, who knows if my business will succeed, you know, from here to five years, but I have a skill set that I learned along the way that, you know, I can always, you know, be a seamstress. I can always help with uh, developing a brand and um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> so if you could go back in time and ask, or excuse me, tell a younger you some words of advice. Um, what would you say and how old would you be? Um, good question. I would tell my, my teenage self, maybe 16, 17, high school, to be self-aware. To just think about your consequences. Think about how your consequences are going to affect people around you. How your consequences are going to affect your future think about your, your financial future and, and um, yeah, just be self-aware, look around, read the room. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I've never heard an answer like that. Um, why would that be your advice? Um, because as, as you know, a, a, an adult now, I look back and I, I think of, I think of how I thought back in, back then. Um, and I just, think like wow if you would have just taken a moment to to look and to and to see that everything you know my mom would tell me like oh think about xyz and I'd be like whatever you know <laughs> she's right she's, yeah moms are moms are always right mm -hmm. and um you know uh maybe I probably would already own a house by now and have a rental home or um you know I I, I would be maybe further in in my career than than I am now if I would have just been a little bit, bit more, more self-aware and um, had a little more discipline, if you will. Um, yeah, I think uh, just be self-aware and, and think about things, think about consequences. And I think that would have been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I would give that advice to younger me at certain points too. Yeah. Yeah, but here you yeah. are. Lesson, <laughs> okay. So there's yeah. no and other than yours exactly <laughs> absolutely that's amazing yeah. thank so, you you're welcome what is it about fashion that that you enjoy as your creative outlet rather than choosing something else um everything about it I mean since I was little I I've just always been super drawn to clothing to fashion history to um, the way things were made or why things, you know, were, were made. Um, I just love everything about it. Like it's, it's a form of expression. Um, it's, 
you know, we, we wear it to protect ourselves, but we also wear it to look cool. Um, it keeps us warm. It keeps us cool. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just love everything about fashion. I love, I love creating. I love making. I love, you know, seeing people smile when they wear something I made. Hence like the jacket that you, that you have. Um, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. It's just a beautiful way to connect with people. Clothing is, um, yeah, I, I love it. I love fashion. I love that, the history of fashion. I love it all. Mm, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that um, clothes and jewelry are wearable art. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much for joining me in this conversation. You're welcome. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share before we say our fair be wells? Um, and, uh, just go for it. If there's anyone out there that has a dream or a passion, just go for it. You know, you might have to have, you know, it might be a hobby for a little while and you might have to do, you know, other things to keep you afloat, but don't give up on the dream. <laughs> mm, that's so powerful and positive. Absolutely. <laughs> and where can everybody find you and, and your shop? So, um, we're located in, in the Bishop Arts, 509 North Bishop Avenue in Dallas, Texas. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is by by underscore Elia De Leon. And um, yeah, uh, give us a follow. <laughs> <laughs> and a bye. That's such fun, fun stuff. Amazing. Thank well, thank you so much, Elia. I love learning a bit more about you and your story. And well, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see you soon. I'll pop in. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be there. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblett. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and her drive to success.